Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Get them going. It is Tuesday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. Five hour Texas football conversation. We'll sprinkle in some other things, but obviously the Longhorns have a championship to play for on Saturday. Their final ever contest as a member of the Big 12 Conference, and it could be for the championship of the Big 12 Conference on their way out. We'll certainly talk about it here from Steve Sarkeesian, his weekly Monday news media availability yesterday. Uh, we'll what the team, where they're headed, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys, the opponent. Also, uh, week 13, or week 12, I should say, in the NFL, wrapped up last night. Quite the dud on Monday Night Football. But uh, week 13 kicks off in Arlington with the Cowboys game. We'll get you details on that as we crank this thing up on uh, this 28th of November. We appreciate you being there wherever you find us here on Hook'em Up. Uh, could be on 101.9 on the FM dial, maybe AM 1260, and, of course, streaming on our Horn app. We're always there on our smart speaker as well. Sometimes we uh, stream it on X or Twitter, whichever we're calling it right now. But uh, uh, I'll let, find out from T.Y. if that is the case today on this a Tuesday. And it's a day with uh, no Rod Babers this morning. Rod Babers uh, under the weather. I was running a pretty high fever yesterday, the last check, and hopefully he's going to be okay. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and uh, man the ship today with uh, without our man, our shutdown corner. Hope he gets better and gets back with us here just as soon as he can. Hope or uh, Saturday in the Big 12 championship game and all of our coverage between now and then. So Ty Henderson will join me from the studio. Got a great guest lined up today. We'll talk to Ari Temkin at the bottom of the hour. Ari, of course, uh, former colleague of ours, but now man in the ship at uh, Sirius XM's Big 12 radio. Does the morning show there. We'll preview the Big 12 championship game, talk some Big 12 football with Ari. Uh, we'll also talk to Jerry Hamilton next hour from inside Texas. we got our buddy Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. He was down in College Station yesterday where Mike Elko was introduced as the new head coach of the Texas A&M. Aggies. Uh, a lot of coaching conversations around the state of Texas involving uh, schools that, that he covers with Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, Aggieland, Houston, uh, Dave Aranda going to stay at Baylor. So we'll certainly talk about that uh, carousel as it heats up uh, here in late November, looking into December now. Uh, Ty Henderson is in the Horde headquarters. Ty, how are we doing back there uh, uh, on the banks of 360? All good? We're here in the uh, South Austin Onion Creek Studios cranking it up from our end. Yeah, feeling good and getting excited for game day Saturday. Game day is coming around the corner. Yeah, we hope Rod's okay. Rod reported 101.8 fever uh, yesterday to us and said, well, I said, you need to stay where you are. <laughs> and we will uh, man the ship and man the show. But uh, hopefully he's going to get better and uh, be right back in here. But he would also at this point say thanks to those who serve. Thanks for those who get up and uh, first responders and, uh, you know, serve us and, uh, in any role or aspect, school teachers and uh, administrators in the, in the schools, of course. We've also got our first responders and our military, of course, doing what they do 
around uh, the state and around the country and around the world so we can do what we do, which is talk sports and get you ready for a Big 12 championship game. Uh, you can also hit us on our text line. That's always open, 512-447-3776. Uh, that was a good place to communicate with us. We'll certainly talk about the Longhorns in this game. Hear from Sark coming up as we uh, get things ready. Also hear from Mike Gundy because uh, Mike Gundy is the opposition. Uh, kind of fitting that the Longhorns uh, get Mike Gundy on their way out of the Big 12, right? That was the one team uh, they didn't face in the regular season that has been a, a nemesis to the Longhorns and a longtime thorn on the, the Texas side. Uh, to have that opportunity, and as we said yesterday, Longhorns have a chance out because Oklahoma's traveling with Texas to the uh, SEC, of course. So you know, they lost to them this year, but you get to see them again next October. Uh, these teams that the Longhorns uh, won't face anymore, they're, they're posting victories. And uh, as we say, keeping, keeping the receipt, forever bragging rights uh, over the likes of uh, Baylor and Texas Tech with the big win last Friday. Uh, TCU, they got the win there. Of course, uh, Kansas State, Kansas on their way out, so you own the, uh, the all-time receipt on that. And now you have a chance to... Uh, take the bragging rights from Oklahoma State, who have really been a thorn on the Longhorn side, as I mentioned. They've won six of the last eight, I believe, against Texas, including last year's game up in Stillwater, where a uh, roller coaster of a game for the Horns, but they were in full control of that game and then uh, end up losing at Oklahoma State. And that would be the fear of this game on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Longhorns favored by more than two touchdowns now by the odds makers out in Vegas. They are the better football team, but you've got to go execute for 60 minutes. And uh, as they have this year, find ways to win games. Uh, if you do, you're going to be a champion. And then you sit back and see what the uh, College Football Playoff Committee decides on Sunday morning. But it's uh, going to be a busy week, so we appreciate you being there. Let's start with our headlines, our top stories to get you cranked up. Make sure you're fully in the know as you get up and out to start your Tuesday morning. Top Gun Reynolds and lot equipment bringing you the top stories, and it starts with college football. Seventh ranked Longhorns now in full prep mode for their showdown with Oklahoma State on Saturday in Arlington. Uh, Longhorns looking to seek their fourth Big 12 championship, their first since 2009. At his weekly Monday media availability yesterday, head coach Steve Sarkeesian described the team as focused and business as usual as they look to complete the mission. We're headed to Arlington Saturday, you know, 11 a.m., competing for, for a Big 12 championship. You know, quite frankly, that's been our mission and that's been our focus all year, was to be champions this year, and we've earned that right, um, and we've got ourselves in position to do that. Uh, to think, in the last 27 years here at Texas, there's only been three conference championships. Uh, and so we, we don't take this lightly. Uh, we know the challenge that it is to, A, make it to the game, and then, B, to ultimately win that game. Uh, so to be the fourth team to do it here in 27 years would, would be a heck of a deal if we could get it done. Uh, All right, we'll hear more from Sark uh, coming up throughout the morning from his availability yesterday. Win or lose Saturday, the game will be the Longhorns' final ever in the Big 12 Conference. We know that. Word yesterday that the SEC plans to unveil the conference's entire 2024 schedule sometime in December. The first that will include Texas and Oklahoma in the expanded 16-team league. Ahead of the full release next month, ESPN's Chris Lowe revealed a number of dates of some of the bigger matchups yesterday, including three for the Longhorns. According to Lowe, Texas will host the Georgia Bulldogs on October the 19th of 2024. That will likely be one week after the annual showdown with Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. Texas will also make a trip to Arkansas on November the 16th and renew their rivalry with Texas A&M after a 12-year hiatus in College Station on Saturday, November 30th and to close the regular season. That would be two days after Thanksgiving. The 2024 non-conference schedule for the Longhorns we know already includes home games with Colorado State, UTSA, and UL Monroe plus that early September road game at Michigan. Speaking of Texas A&M, Aggies made it official yesterday, introduced Mike Elko as the program's new head football coach, replacing Jimbo Fisher. Elko left A&M to take his first head coaching job at Duke after the 2021 season, went 16-9 in two years in Durham. Uh, Blue Devils had won just 10 games combined the previous three years. He takes the reins in Aggieland. Quite, NFL, quite the stinker. On Monday Night Football to wrap up Week 12 in Minnesota, Cairo Santos 
made a 30-yard field goal with 10 seconds left to give the Bears a 12-10 win over the Minnesota Vikings. Chicago improves to 4-8 without scoring a touchdown. Their defense intercepted Vikings quarterback Josh Dobbs four times. Minnesota falls to 6-6. Six six. Week 13 in the NFL kicks off this Thursday night in Arlington. It's for the surging Cowboys, most of the 6-5 Seattle Seahawks, and a good one to uh, launch the weekend. Pink slips in Carolina yesterday. Panthers fired head coach Frank Reich just 11 games into his tenure as their head coach. Reich, who replaced Matt Rule this past offseason, led Carolina to an NFL worst 1-10 so far. Team also dismissed quarterbacks coach Josh McCown and assistant head coach Deuce Staley. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. All right, there you go. Yeah, the FCC. We've already got some uh, some glimpses at the schedule, and obviously, it's uh, it's what you expect. I mean, the Longhorns are you know looking to wrap up their tenure in the Big Twelve. One of the founding flagship members of the Big Twelve Conference when it was founded in the mid '90s. You heard Steve Sarkeesian say it, and it does. You know, and you hear you know looking for their fourth championship in 27 years, not nearly enough. I mean, not nearly enough. We know the early part of the Texas run in the Big Twelve was. You know, the John Makovic era, and they won the first. Won the first Big 12 championship back in the mid-90s, beat Nebraska in that huge upset, a 21-point underdog, found a way to win that game. And, um, you know, you turn around and you think, okay, now we're going to win many of these. We found this conference along with Oklahoma, Nebraska and A&M, the, as far as the, the founding members. And, you know, what do you know? Here we are 27 years later, and they've only won three. Uh, won um, two in the, in the 2010s, of course, 2005 and 2009. And, uh, but it's been a long drought. Uh, we're in the game in 2018 where they lost to Oklahoma. Uh, but this is the first trip back since then and a big opportunity for Texas to uh, finish what has been an underachieving run in the Big 12, but certainly uh, finish it with an exclamation point on Saturday with a win and get to 12-1 and one and then, as we say, sit back and see what the college football playoff uh, committee decides and how things fall on championship Saturday and Friday as we're looking at the Pac-12. Uh, but, man, it's, it's a lot of storylines because obviously beyond this game will be next year, which is in the Southeastern Conference, which is a whole new uh, frontier for Texas. And uh, you just glance at the Chris Lowe's report yesterday and you realize what Texas and, and all the schools in the SEC are in for as a 16-team conference. Very difficult schedule, to say the least, uh, when you're talking about a September that will include a road trip to Ann Arbor, Michigan. I mean, look if you look at the Texas schedule for 2024 that we now are aware of, uh, you're playing, you know, number one and two in the country, at least in this year's, you know, 2023 standings. Uh, Georgia here in October, right after the Oklahoma game. You're playing Michigan at Ann Arbor. That'll be a new look team, obviously. There's talk to Jim Harbaugh, maybe looking at the National Football League, including that maybe that Carolina Panthers job that just came open yesterday with the dismissal of, of Frank Reich. But either way, we know and we know what's going on in Michigan. They're one of the most talented rosters in the country. Uh, so that will be a huge challenge for Texas in September, much like this year's trip to Alabama was a huge challenge to start the season. So they've got that game. And then, of course, you look at October, uh, what we do know of, you've got uh, Oklahoma, traditionally Cotton Bowl, second Saturday of, of, of October, to be followed up now by a game with Georgia and the Bulldogs with Kirby Smart. That game would be here. What a huge road home game, home, home tilt that will be. Uh, kind of thing you're looking forward to when you join the SEC. But then November uh, featuring road trips to Fayetteville to play Arkansas on the 16th and then uh, wrap it up with the 30th with Texas A&M. We'll have a new head coach, Mike Elko, uh, who was introduced yesterday. What do you think about that, T.Y.? How about uh, the first, the, the re-engagement of Texas and Texas A&M uh, after 12 years, a dozen years not playing, finally going to play in College Station. You good with, uh, if that report is accurate, the uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving for the uh, for, for the date of that ball game? That'll do. I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll work it into the day after Thanksgiving. 
soon enough. You think but. so? Yeah, I mean, because this is out now. They could, they certainly could do that and make it a Friday game, one of those standalone, you know, huge contests, which, look, this is what the SEC wants when they're adding Texas and Oklahoma. They want these rivalry games. They want uh, the big brands. That's what sells, obviously, for the advertising to pay the the uh, the, the, the multi-billion dollar contracts that they're paying to, to have the rights to, te- to, to, to the Southeastern Conference. Those are the kind of matchups you want, and they're going to have a ton of them, including Texas with, with A&M, Texas with Georgia, Texas with with uh, Arkansas re-engaging with their old Southwest Conference foes. What were we going to say, Ty? Wasn't A&M pushing before, like, when, when all this SEC, uh, Texas and Oklahoma joining initially happened? Were they like, oh, LSU's our rival now? We play LSU that week? <clears throat> yeah, they, well, that's what they want. But, uh, that, <laughs> by the way, that, LSU, that, that, uh, that LSU game for them will now be in September. Uh, that, according to the Chris Lowe report yesterday, that that game, that will slide into to, to a conference game for them in September. And then Texas will replace LSU at the end to wrap up their regular season, which is the right way. Aggies can say what they want, but that's that's what's right uh, to have that. You know, you want to play that game on rivalry weekend. We just came off rivalry weekend where the Ohio State-Michigan game and uh, the Iron Bowl and all of them across the country, that's where that game belongs. And, you know, I think the SEC will – Go ahead and tell Texas A&M to tamp down. This is where we're going to put this game. We'll put LSU uh, earlier. Uh, also, when you glance at that Chris Lowe, Chris Lowe report um, and story out yesterday, got some advance word on, on the schedule that will be released in December. About this tie, you know, Alabama is another featured attraction. Um, you know, Alabama with, with Nick Saban. Of course, Longhorns beat them early in the year, and they haven't lost since. But for next year, how about this? Uh, Alabama will face uh, Georgia in a regular season game. That hadn't happened in a while. i got to look at the last time they played in the regular season. Uh, that typically is the SEC championship game because one's east, one's west. Uh, they're going to play a regular season game next year, September the 28th. Uh, Alabama's also going to face Tennessee in Knoxville on October 19th. Uh, Alabama will also play at LSU on November 9th because that's going to be one of their annual rivals. And then they're going to play at Oklahoma. Uh, on November the 23rd. So, uh, you know, Alabama will get both Texas – or they got Texas last year. They'll get Oklahoma this year. Longhorns play them in the non-con, but Texas won't face Oklahoma. They will face Georgia. So, yeah, man, it's, uh, this is what, you know, the you know, Kevin L. Kevin the uh, Texas System Board of Regents, Jay Hartzell, school president, Chris Del Conte, this was the, this was the mission. This was the goal. Well, speaking of missions, the Texas Big 12 championship game. Uh, but this was what the, the idea was, uh, to join the Southeastern Conference and create these huge you know, conference matchups, home games, home schedule. And there's no doubt it's more robust than what, what's been going on in the Big 12 Conference. And um, it does feel like, Ty, that uh, the Longhorns have built this program under Steve Sarkeesian in three years to be ready uh, to handle the rigors of that. I mean, not, it's a much tougher schedule next year than it was this year. There's no doubt about that, uh, and that's to be expected. But uh, heading in the right direction and a chance to finish off this year with a Big 12 championship. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy where this team's at, where Steve's gotten this team at in the past few years, especially after that performance in Fayetteville uh, a few years ago where the, the lines of scrimmage clearly weren't, weren't SEC ready. Yeah, think about that. I mean, that's a good good place to point. I mean, the first year, go 5-7, and seven, but, yeah, the humbling loss at Arkansas. And think about the fate of those two programs since that game. I mean, that was, that was a Sam Pittman team uh, that just humbled the Longhorns, who were not ready for the line of scrimmage, as you mentioned, Ty. Uh, it was an embarrassing game. It was uh, you know, Houston Street at quarter – excuse me, Hudson Card at quarterback, Houston Street. Hudson Card at quarterback in uh, Texas has built, and Steve Sarkeesian has flipped over the roster and, uh, you know, recruited very, very well and developed players very, very well and added players through the transfer portal. Arkansas has fallen on, on really, really hard times uh, since that game. They have not grown. And they are, you know, that all of a sudden doesn't look like much of a daunting game coming up at Fayetteville next November. Sam Pittman looks like he's going to hang on and remain the coach there. But, uh, man, it has been a rough year for them. 
in Fayetteville. Uh, but I mean, to your point, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian's done a great job to, to turn the program, turn the talent, which is what it's about, uh, to be ready for uh, the, the lines of scrimmage of that league, the overall talent in that league. And uh, you know, when your schedule includes Michigan and Oklahoma, then Georgia, uh, there's also, a, you know, the, when the full schedule is out, I believe the Longhorns have a trip to Gainesville, Florida, uh, I believe that's going to be on the first schedule, if memory serves, when we, we got a glimpse of the, the games. That will be, you know, a, a huge challenge as well. But Billy Napier, the head coach at Florida, looks like he's going to stick along, you know, in the SEC. They're going to fire some defensive coordinators and staff uh, to rebuild the defense. But Billy Napier, uh, another guy who's, who's struggling in the Southeastern Conference right now. Longhorns will try their hand at it beginning next year. So we'll take your thoughts on that uh, here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. As you're just tuning in, Rod, out this morning, not feeling well. Ty, we'll be chiming in. We've got uh, Mike Craven coming up, uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Jerry Hamilton will join us. And, of course, Ari Temkin, bottom of this hour to preview the Big 12 championship game, which um, how are we feeling on this game, Ty? I mean, I, I mentioned yesterday, for me, uh, we've covered this team all year long and, you know, you know with a microscope. This feels like, to me, the Michigan-Iowa game and the Big Ten championship game. It's, it shouldn't be that close of a game. Um, you know, if you think, can Iowa beat Michigan as a 10-2 and two team? And obviously, uh, my, my opinion on the Big Ten championship game is the winner. You know, only, the only team that can beat Michigan in that game is Michigan. Uh, Iowa doesn't have the firepower. They don't average 20 points a game. Um, you know, they don't. Uh, Oklahoma State, I don't believe, can beat Texas. You know, Texas can beat Texas in that game if they kick the ball around and fumble and uh, throw interceptions and make mistakes. But I don't think they have the firepower beyond Ollie Gordon to really threaten Texas, who's the number seven team in the country. Am I uh, underselling this uh, Oklahoma State team there, Mr. Mr. T.Y.? I don't think so, especially when you look at what they do well and running the ball with Ollie Gordon, like you said, and te- what Texas does well on defense, stopping the ball. Uh, I'm cutting through this Mike Gundy press conference right now, and I mean, he mentions that Texas defense averages uh, or gives up 2.7 yards a carry. Uh, that's that's what I would consider elite for a rush defense. So I I think what's like a 13, 14-point spread right now, I think they should be able to cover that. I, I don't think it'll be as bad as a Tech game, but I, I think a 2-3 to three score win should be expected. Yeah, they're nine and three, and and look, just you know, Rod said yesterday, and he's right. This is one of Mike Gundy's best coaching jobs. There's no doubt about that, because if you go back to early, I think you just dismiss what happened in September for them. Their first four games, where they beat Central Arkansas, but that was only by 13 points or 14 points. They then beat Arizona State out in uh, out in the desert. Who's terrible? There, 27. Who's terrible? Uh, bad football team. Uh, then they lost to South Alabama uh, and in Stillwater, 33-7. to And then they lost at Iowa State to start conference play, 34-27. So they were 2-2. Two and two, And you'll hear Sark coming up throughout the morning and throughout the week talking about their philosophical change. They, you know, back in September, they were rotating three different quarterbacks, trying to settle on one. And of course, of course, Spencer Sanders had been their starting quarterback at Oklahoma State. He transferred out to Ole Miss. By the way, Ty, who advised him to transfer to Ole Miss? Any idea? He didn't even get oh. to play. <laughs> he transferred through the portal to go to Ole Miss and, and didn't even play for the Rebels. Uh, he obviously could have stayed and been the quarterback. I don't know if there was a kind of a falling out with Mike Gundy after all the years for Spencer Sanders in Stillwater. But either way, they were looking for a quarterback. And Alan Bowman, uh, the Texas Tech transfer by way of Michigan, uh, Bowman was at Texas Tech, went to Michigan, and then transferred to, to Oklahoma State. He ended up earning that job. And, and you know, then, so they settled on a quarterback, and they also settled on handing the ball to Ollie Gordon, uh, this tremendous young running back out of Fort Worth, Texas. And, you know, he's the Big 12's leading rusher and has been phenomenal. He's one of those backs who gets better as the game goes on. Uh, he had a five-touchdown performance last week in their win, their comfort-behind win in overtime over BYU, had the game-clinching touchdown in OT. Um, but that's where their philosophical change ch- happened, 
And to be fair to Mike Gundy and the Cowboys, if you're just going to look at the two months from September 23rd after, you know, out of their bye week, that game at Iowa State that they lost 34-27 or was their bye week. Uh, and at, coming out the bye week October 6th, they've gone 8-1. Uh, the only loss was a, was a you know, really unpredictable loss at Central Florida where they got drilled in the rain 45-3. to uh, That was coming off the huge win over Oklahoma in the final Bedlam game. Uh, but that's their only loss since October. Uh, and they've beaten K-State. They beat Kansas. They beat West Virginia. Uh, they beat Cincinnati and Oklahoma to win the Bedlam game. They beat Houston and, and BYU. Uh, they haven't been pretty. I mean, the Houston game, they had to come from behind and win it and pull away late down at Houston. They, they as we said with BYU, they fell behind 18 points in a, in a rainy day in Stillwater, came back and won that game. Uh, but, you know, facts are facts. Rob, Ty, they, they've won. You know, eight, they've gone 8-1. and one. Uh, since They're 7-1 and one since their bye week, so they have to be taken seriously. But I think, as you said, uh, if you prepare and do what you've done all year to get yourself to, to where they are, the Longhorns, this is a team that you match up favorably with because you do have the, the, the premier run defense in the conference, one of the premier run defenses in the, in, the, in, the, in the nation, quite honestly, with Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy up front. If you can uh, corral Allie Gordon, and, you know, you're not going to stop him cold. Man, I don't think this is going to be one of those games like Iowa State where they held Iowa State to nine rushing yards. Uh, I think that would be you know, a little bit uh, wishful thinking if you, to do that. But uh, we've seen a lot of Texas do that to teams like K-State and Iowa State, teams that like to run the ball, just completely take it away from them. If you can do that to this team, this will be a very one-sided game. But control Ollie Gordon and uh, give yourself a chance uh, to, you know, because you're going to score points against this Oklahoma State defense. They're, they're decent. Uh, but they're not great on defense. Texas should be able to score points. So early look at Oak State. We'll hear from Sark. We'll talk to Ari Temkin. Ari, of course, has covered the entire Big 12 all year, so he's got a good feel of this Oklahoma State team and what Mike Gundy has done to turn the tide. Uh, give credit to Gundy uh, to be in this game for the second time in three years and uh, have a chance to really upset the apple cart. That's going to be their mission, uh, obviously, in Stillwater. Uh, coming to Arlington, Texas, of course, looking to cap off a, a heck of a season, their final in Big 12 play. So we'll talk more about it. Also more on the Aggies hiring Mike Elko. Is that the right decision after moving on from Jimbo Fisher? Uh, you know, there, there certainly is, a, you know, a rant there if you're an Aggie fan that, uh, you know, if you, if you didn't know who you wanted to hire when you decided to buy out your coach for $80 million, um, was it worth it? Uh, that becomes the question for Aggie fans and for college football. Ty, what's your gut on that? Uh, if, if you told Aggie fans they were going to do this and you're going to end up with Mike Elko, would that have been enough uh, to, to move on from Jimbo Fisher, or did it just need to happen? And, um, you know, you, you bring back the former defensive coordinator. Is this a win for the Aggies? I don't think so. I think it was probably plan C or D. Uh, I mean, he is a name that we all three of us mentioned on the show from, from the start when they did fire Jimbo Fisher. But I, like I said yesterday, I think it's just kind of a, a lateral move in, in the sense that with culture and just how – the national media looks at you. I'm sure they're going to keep a decent amount of guys from Jimbo's staff. Um, I, I mean, I, that, that's just complete. I don't, I don't know, but I don't know. I, I just, I don't think it's, it was a, I, they definitely wanted to hit a home run with Ryan Day or Dan Lanning or one of those guys and they struck out. Well, I mean, here's the one thing, uh, because of course they tried to go get uh, Dan Lanning, not interested. There was talk of Joe Dabo Swinney at one point, that's the name that I had been told, that the, the, the powers that be at A&M, the big money, and some of the brass wanted to, to make say no, and I think they did with the Clemson coach, who there was a thought maybe was you know growing a little thin with what's going on at Clemson. Also, I mean, those schools in the ACC, like Clemson, Florida State, we know they're clamoring as programs to get out of the ACC and be a part of this new-look SEC or the Big Ten or wherever so they can keep up with the, you know, the – 
the financial future of college football. Uh, so maybe there was a thought that Dabo would be interested because he, you know, it's going to be hard for Clemson to get out of their deal with the ACC, maybe stuck there um, as the SEC and the Big Ten transform, and maybe there would be an opportunity. But obviously that didn't happen. Uh, Dan Lanning you know, probably kicked the tires on that at Oregon. But I'll say this, um, for, and, and we'll talk with our friend Mike Craven of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, the senior writer, coming up in our 8 o'clock hour. He was at the press conference yesterday, so we'll certainly ask him that same question for Aggie fans out there. You know, sometimes, Ty, the, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? I mean, they know Mike Elko. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, they, the every, he just left in 2021. Uh, he had built one of the better and more stingier defenses in the Southeastern Conference. Nobody was clamoring with Mike Elko when he left. Uh, they were clamoring at Jimbo Fisher because, he, you know, the antiquated offense he was running and the lack of development of quarterbacks and the ability to keep a quarterback healthy has been a problem. It wasn't the defense. Uh, it was in Mike Elko. That was the strength of the football team. Uh, without a doubt, and that's why he earned the, the Duke job. He's very well liked on that campus. He's very well liked in that locker room, uh, which was a big problem for Jimbo Fisher, whose you know, the culture had waned, uh, without a doubt, under Jimbo Fisher's run, without Mike Elko there. So, you know, I think you, there is that, that you know what you're dealing with. You know the players. He helped recruit a lot of that roster, which is going to be important now with the transfer portal, roster management, and keeping some guys and trying to build some cohesion. And I think you're right. He'll try to keep some of the staff. Uh, that, that are doing a good job. So uh, we'll see where that goes. So we'll take your thoughts on that from the Aggie side. It, you know, it's a fair narrative to say, man, you, you bought out a guy for $80 million and you settled for your second or third or fourth choice. Uh, we'll, we'll see because you know, they're now in a bad spot because Texas enters the Southeastern Conference potentially on a high, uh, on a real high. I mean, Longworth could be a Final Four team when it's all said and done. Obviously, Texas A&M nowhere near that right now. Uh, Texas priming themselves, be ready for the trip into the SEC, Texas A&M going in the wrong direction. There's also the recruiting side of that, too, where Texas comes in hot on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, Oklahoma uh, comes in off a 10-win season for, uh, uh, for Brett Venables as well. Uh, A&M not coming in. They're coming in with a brand-new coach and uh, another rough year down in College Station. So those are all conversations on a Tuesday morning. Glad you're with us. Rod Babers hopefully gets back to us as soon as he can. We come back, we will talk to Ari Temkin of uh, SiriusXM's Big 12 Radio, his thoughts on this game. Is Texas rightfully a more than two-touchdown favorite in this game? We'll also dive into some what the facts for the end of the hour. Hour one of our five-hour conversation here on Hook'em Up on 101.9 AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app on your smart speaker and at hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 101.9 AM 1260. The Horn. It is Hook'em Up with uh, Ian Rod B. No beat, uh, Rod B today. Rod under the weather, running a fever yesterday, so uh, we'll be cautious and uh, give him some time to rest. Want to get that baby sick either as well as baby Monroe uh, at his place. That happens, Ty. You know, you uh, come off of the holidays. He said there are 15, 20 people rolling in. Uh, to to visit for the holidays and you know that's how that that's how that happens right and hopefully Rod's gonna be okay and uh, we wish him well Ty Henderson back at the Horn headquarters I'm bringing it to you from the uh, South Austin Onion Creek Studios and uh, Rod will rejoin us whenever he can we'll get our what the facts before the uh, wrap it up uh, shame on the NFL can I just say this again we'll you know, we get Rod's rant coming up but. Uh, uh, the NFL, uh, I don't know why they would change a rule, which they did. They adopted a rule last offseason that starting with week 12, which this weekend was, Thanksgiving weekend, was the 12th week of NFL action. There is the ability to flex Monday night football games, to flex a better game into the Monday night football window. 
and they had every opportunity to do that, and they didn't. Uh, you know, as Rod and I argued for last week, they could have flexed that Jacksonville-Houston game uh, for the battle at the top of the AFC South into Monday night. Gosh, much better football game. And I, I, mean, I think you knew what was coming last night when you get the Bears with Josh Dobbs. Excuse me, the Bears with, uh, with Justin Fields against Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. Uh, unwatchable, unwatchable. Uh, the Bears won the game without a touchdown. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's the NFL. I mean, they do most things pretty right. I just think that was the one. I don't know why you would adopt a rule and then, you know, Dylan, I'm sure Monday Night Football wasn't thrilled about it. They could have gotten a better game uh, as far as eyeballs, but uh, there was very little interest in that game. And if you did tune in, probably didn't keep your interest for very long if you weren't a fan of the Vikings or the Bears. Uh, uh, speaking of that, let's uh, – speaking of fans, he, he grew up in Chicago, uh, went to the University of Kansas and uh, used to work with us, and now he is uh, the man on the Vaqueros hotline. He is a big part of the Sirius XM uh, – he's not on yet? No, no. I thought, I thought you said he needed some time. Oh, no. Uh, did you? Did, he's going to call you, Ty, when he's ready to go. Okay, he has not uh, called he, us yet. All right, when he calls, we'll talk to Ari Temkin from SiriusXM's Big 12 Radio. Get his thoughts on this game. He, of course, covers uh, the entire Big 12 Conference on the daily and uh, talks to coaches and uh, insiders from around the Big 12. His thoughts on Oklahoma State and the matchup. Can they derail Texas' run to a fourth Big 12 Conference title? Uh, you with me on that, T.Y., the, uh, the game uh, last night? I mean, I, I, I will be honest with you. I didn't watch a lot of that football game. I had no interest in it. And, you know, waking up this morning, looking at the score, and then there wasn't much to miss. Uh, why didn't they change that? I, that, that? Somebody with the NFL, that's why you adopted the rule, right? That was the exact reason that last offseason at owners' meetings and you worked with your TV partners to, to create that opportunity after week 12 to flex better games because uh, it's hard to predict when the season begins, you know, who's going to get hurt, so, you know, how teams are going to perform. Uh, so you're trying to pick good Monday night matchups and, you know, Sunday night matchups, but you just don't know. And uh, that would have been an opportunity. Like you didn't know that Houston would be this far ahead and this, this good and exciting to watch. Uh, and Jacksonville, that turned into a heck of a football game. Uh, would have been a much better primetime spot. So a little rant, a little rant aside. But did you watch any of that game last night? Uh, I watched a little bit at the beginning, and then I watched like the last four drives. So I saw two Justin Fields fumbles. Um, <laughs> four Josh Jobs interceptions yeah. later. Yeah. I saw one of the Josh Dobbs interceptions at the beginning, and then I turned it back on. I was like, wow, okay, well, I guess he's not the uh, Superman hero coming and save the Vikings like everyone thought. Excuse me. He's Josh Dobbs for a reason. It was a great Cinderella story when it began, and he won a couple games. It was pretty cool. When Kirk Cousins got hurt, I think they were playing with with emotion and riding the emotion of that, and uh, it does come crashing down uh, for the the Minnesota Vikings, who are now 6-6. Bears are 4-8. And And as we said, he's a guy who grew up in Chicago. Maybe he watched that game last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, Pretty dreadful as it was. But he's also a a proud graduate of Kansas, former employee with us and colleague with us, now doing great things at SiriusXM's Big 12 Radio. He is Ari Temkin. Hello, Ari. Good morning. What's going on? Man, we are, we are cranking. Uh, Longhorns are gearing up. The fans headed, getting ready to head to Arlington and uh, play for a Big 12 championship. It is hard to believe. You, you lived here in Austin and worked with us, Ari, and covered this program. Uh, it really is hard to believe the 27 years of this conference. This is only their fourth appearance in the Big 12 championship game. By, you know, based on its resources and what they, what they have, it, not nearly enough, but uh, pretty cool for Longhorn fans to get one more look at it on their way out. Well, yeah, and, and you know, yeah, I think the the relevance this year of the schedule, you know, is so impactful and important on this, you know, quote unquote revenge tour for Texas. I mean, you know, you think about the last decade plus of this football program and the way in which teams in this conference have, you know, really victimized Texas 
And, I mean, you think about the, the loss to Kansas a couple of years ago at home and how much that's made te- Texas the, the brunt of jokes and their record against TCU since TCU joined the conference, their record against Oklahoma State, you know, Texas Tech fans. I mean, think about their, their schedule this year, E. They play Baylor, Houston, K-State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Kansas. So pretty much the entire Southwest Conference, Big 12 foes they've had over the years and the only one they didn't have is Oklahoma State the team they're getting in the Big 12 championship but they've beaten every one of them obviously Oklahoma the one that they didn't but they're moving out of the SEC with them they have handled business Texas has against the teams that have victimized them over the last decade plus and Oklahoma State is probably the one that's victimized them the most over the last decade plus yeah, you're right about that, and uh, we, we're kind of the keeping receipts to her, right? Longhorns will own, uh, since they are moving off to the SEC, the, the forever bragging rights on these teams, whether however it went for the last, uh, we know the last 12, 13 years of Texas football has not been up to, up to par. Uh, that's the hope that Steve Sarkeesian and the staff have turned it on their way to the SEC and get one, one last uh, trophy on your way out. Not enough, but uh, still would at least um, you know, finish it strong. <laughs> All right, what about Oklahoma State? Uh, puzzling team. Certainly at the beginning of the year, there was talk of what's going on with Mike Gundy. You know, we know he's not a big fan of NIL. Um, you know, his roster got turned over. He's looking for a quarterback. And it felt like September he treated like a preseason, like he was rotating three quarterbacks. They were trying to figure out what their identity was. Um, but, you know, they, they lost their first conference game to Iowa State and then had a bye week, and they came out of that and uh, were 2-2. Two and two. And have gone seven and one, uh, and have you know they've got the one really inexplicable loss at Central Florida, but have, have won seven other ball games uh, with with you know maybe one of Mike Gundy's best coaching jobs to get this thing into Arlington on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's been a remarkable year for Oklahoma State to say the least. You know, I picked them as the Big Twelve champion uh, before the season started, and I did that because. You know, I wasn't sure about a lot of the coaches in this league. This is a league of parity. I expected that we were going to see that again, and I just kind of thought, let's go with the coach that we know. And, you know, I really liked what Oklahoma State had coming back. Now, with that being said, the first three games didn't inspire much confidence because of what you mentioned, which is that Mike Gundy really did treat that like a preseason where he was rotating three quarterbacks through, even though we heard all offseason about how good Alan Bowman looked. He also only gave 19 carries to Ali Gordon the first three games, and now he's a leading rusher in college football. So, you know, look, Mike Gundy is a lot of things. I think certainly this year there was some luck involved in their success, but um, he's also the type of coach that's not afraid to change and change in season and the adaptions, that they, the adaptations that they've gone through over the course of the season offensively and defensively are nothing short of remarkable. Um, and yeah, obviously they, they built their offense around the running game and Allie Gordon, who's been spectacular, but they, they're good up front. They're really good along their offensive line. They've got good schemes. They're fullback. You know, handles blocking for them well, too. So it's not just Gordon. It's about what they have up front. And that's why I think this game is going to be so intriguing. It is strength on strength. It is strength on strength. And uh, as you talk about the, uh, the, the Oklahoma State, um, you know, thorn in the side of Texas. I mean, it's really, I mean, the, the last 10 games, the Oklahoma State's won seven. The Longhorns are three and seven in their last 10 matchups with the Cowboys. They're more than two touchdowns, a favorite in this game. And that, Ari, that seems to me about right. I mean, I've said uh, to our audience here that this, this game feels like the uh, the Big Ten championship game to me, Michigan-Iowa. That I want to say it's a formality, but if you show up, handle business, the only team that can beat Michigan Saturday would be Michigan, and I think the only thing, team that can beat Texas on Saturday is Texas. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I, I, I agree to you to agree to a certain degree. I think, I mean, I, I, Oklahoma State has a lot more uh, firepower than Iowa on yeah, offense. That's but, true. Yeah, I mean, that's look, I, but, but I not think the defense exactly, that Iowa brings. Right. No, no doubt about that. I just, I would be shocked 
if Michigan lost. I would be less shocked if Oklahoma State won. Now, granted, what you said is 100% true. Texas is far and away better. And we said that going into the year. I mean, I remember when, when we talked about this coming into the season, like the question marks around Texas were more on Sark and some of the things we hadn't seen yet. And they've done that this year. They have finished games in a lot of different ways and things that we, I certainly questioned coming into the season about Sark. You know, he's, he's done an unbelievable job to, you know, instill this culture and, to, uh, you know, nurture the culture. And, and, you know, now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Texas up front of both lines of scrimmage is, is really good. We knew that coming into the season. I think defensively, they've been even better than we expected. Offensive line's been really good. You know, so many weapons. Um, and then, you know, we saw Arch Manning on, on Saturday. Not just not that I expect to see him this Saturday, but man, I you can't help but wonder what next year's going to look like because he is an athletic freak. Yeah, uh, good arm, the speed to get to the corner in that game uh, in his work in the fourth quarter of the big win over Texas Tech. Ari Temkin is with us. Ari, you, you gave us the great stat. I did not realize that uh, on, on Oklahoma State. Ollie Gordon, who may win the Doak Walker Award, he's kind of a fringe Heisman candidate, candidate right now after his five-touchdown performance in the win over BYU Saturday. Um, you know, he only had 19 carries in their first three games. Uh, he has burst on the scene here. Um, you know, well, what's the story here? Is that a Fort Worth? He's a guy that uh, wasn't the highest recruit. But, man, give me your give me your thumbnail and scouting report on Ollie Gordon and what makes him special. Yeah, from Euless Trinity. Um, Texas apparently got in on him late, and he was firm in his commitment to Oklahoma State. He's a tall running back, runs with great balance, about six foot one. Um, and, look, I mean, I – you know, he's, you know, the idea here is, and Sark mentioned this yesterday, you know, he gets stronger as the game goes on. I think it's more about, you know, how he maintains his level and yet other teams, you know, disappear. He had five touchdowns, as you mentioned, last week, but all five came in the second half in overtime. He had three touchdowns the week before that, and there went over Houston all in the second half. So when you look at the second half of games the last two weeks, he's had eight touchdowns uh, out of his 20 in the last two weeks. And, uh, I mean, two weeks ago against Houston, they went away from him in the first half. It was kind of bizarre. And, uh, and they, they found themselves in a hole, but they, they were able to dig out in the second half by just handing him the football. He's, he's been, again, nothing short of spectacular. He's the main catalyst and reason for why this team is here. And it's not just him. It's the offensive line. It's the way the running game's built. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he is a really talented running back, and he's just a sophomore. Yeah, just a sophomore, and you said uh, he gets stronger as the game goes on and wears teams down, and he certainly did that last week. And uh, But that does play right into the strength of Texas, who's allowing you know 2.7 yards a, a carry. Um, you know, but you know this is probably the best back they've seen. They gave up 100 yards to Taj Brooks last week against Texas Tech, but they so overwhelmed the passing game uh, while giving up you know this, this couple of chunk runs to Taj, uh, kid out of Maynor. But uh, that will be the challenge, but it does seem to play to the Texas strength. Uh, hey, Ari, big picture for the Longhorns. I mean, um, you know, obviously they're thinking get a win here and then see what happens on Sunday. What's your level of optimism the Longhorns could find their way into the uh, college football Final Four? Yeah, pretty crazy that that's even a question, right? I mean, you'd think a one-loss Texas who beat Alabama at in Bryant-Denny Stadium yeah. by 10 points. If they won a Big 12 championship, they'd be a shoo-in for the playoffs. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I think it all starts with, with Louisville beating Florida State. I think you've got to have Florida State out of there because, you know, that's an undefeated Power 5 champion if they win that game. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure about how, you know, what they would need to happen in the SEC title. I'm, I think I, I would think Georgia to win. That way you'd knock Alabama officially out, even though you'd think Alabama should have been knocked out based on Texas's win over them. Um, and then, you know, Michigan's probably in. I don't think Ohio State has much of a shot. 
So, I, you know, when I look at kind of the other situations with four unbeatens right now in Power 5, I think it, it kind of starts there. It's all about Louisville knocking off knocking off uh, Florida State. But it, it's sort of ironic, right? I mean, this is a, a program in Texas that has had this brand that's prided itself on its brand. We've talked all the time about the importance of brand when it comes to the BCS National Championship or the college football playoff. And, you know, it's almost as if Texas now is feeling like what it's like to be Baylor, Oklahoma State in its final year in the Big 12, if they are left out, it would be absurd considering it's a one-loss Power 5 champion that beat Alabama on the road by 10 points. Agreed. Now, look, I mean, if there are four undefeated, Zari, I mean, there's a chance of that, right? I mean, you could end up with right, um, right. You know, if Washington beats Oregon and, and Florida State handles business and Michigan and Georgia win, that would just be kind of an outlier in this Final Four thing that you have four undefeated conference champions and you just happen to be the one one-loss conference champion from the other Power Five conference, and that would just be bad luck. Uh, but you're right. If they become, if, if there are some other one-loss teams, then it becomes a beauty contest. You've got to think the Longhorns have a, have a pretty good chance. I even think if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia, that would solidify Texas because it would you know, yeah, that win yeah. for Texas all of a sudden becomes even better if Georgia can't if, if they handle Georgia but of course Alabama almost ball lost to Auburn in the Iron Bowl last week and probably should have hey Ari that's good stuff my friend we appreciate it uh, jumping in and uh, hope you're well uh, you, will you be in Arlington coming up on Saturday yeah I'm going to go to the game on Saturday um, I'm, I'm excited a good buddy of mine is is from uh, lives in Houston and went to Texas and so I'm going to go with him and Cheer for Oklahoma State simply because I picked them to win the Big 12 when the season started. So why not? You know, why not finish? Then you get to be the. I love it, and we get to be the prophet. And that's a great pick, by the way. I mean, and you weren't looking very smart in September uh, when they were two and two and <laughs> lost to South Alabama. But here you are with the uh, the bragging rights, at uh, chance to say, yeah, I told you it was going to be Mike Gundy and the mullet coming out of nowhere to win the the the, the Big 12 championship and uh, prevent Texas from finishing it off. Thanks, Ari. Appreciate it, buddy. Take care. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Be well. All right. There's Ari Temkin. He is the host of Big 12 Radio, Channel 375 on Sirius XM, covering the Big 12 Conference, uh, doing all kinds of great work. Follow him on Twitter, at Ari Sports, A-R-I Sports. Uh, on the X, if you're looking for Ari and all his great content, uh, find it there, and we appreciate him jumping in. As we mentioned, great guest lineup this morning without Rod Babers, who's under the weather. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, inside Texas, uh, the senior recruiting analyst, will join us. Uh, his thoughts on this big game and uh, with Oklahoma State and the recruiting impact for the Longhorns as we're now pushing towards transfer portal opening. Uh, early signing window opens December 20th, so Jerry will join us. We'll also hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming up, his weekly Monday media availability, his thoughts on this Horns team that's gone 11-1 and and has a chance to finish with a championship and complete the mission, as he says, with that coming back. But coming next, it's uh, the What the Facts uh, from a busy Tuesday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. It is hook him up on a Tuesday. Getting ready for the Longhorns' seventh appearance in the Big 12 championship game. Saturday, we'll hear more from Steve Sarkeesian coming up. Longhorns, of course, winning to win their fourth. But uh, seventh trip to Arlington for Texas. Uh, Sark will weigh in. Also uh, talking all things Tuesday, Monday Night Football. Last night, not much to say. Week 12 in the books in the NFL. Already looking forward to Week 13, which kicks off in Arlington. Coming up Thursday night when the Cowboys play the Seattle Seahawks in the first of a critical five-game stretch for the Cowboys. It's a fact. These next five games for Dallas are against teams who right now would be in the playoffs. Uh, that you know They've come off this stretch of three games. After losing to the Eagles, the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, uh, that heartbreaker, 28-23. The Cowboys have played three really bad teams, and 
demolished them, right? The uh, the Panthers, the Giants, and the and the Commanders on thir- Turkey Day. Now they begin a five game stretch through Christmas against teams that are all. You know, fighting for the playoffs uh, as far as that goes. Six and five, Seattle, then the home tilt with Philadelphia, then they go to Buffalo and Miami, and then they come back home for Detroit the, uh, right after Christmas. So, uh, obviously, big five-game stretch for the Cowboys starting Thursday night on Thursday night football. Today is also, uh, T.Y., this is a fact, is today is Giving Tuesday. Do you know that? Giving Tuesday? Uh, we came off of uh, Black Friday where you go out and, you know, spend a bunch of money on Christmas gifts, I guess. And then yesterday was Cyber Monday. Where uh, like all kinds of deals on online gifts, uh, and then today apparently has developed since 2019 into Giving Tuesday, where you pick a charity or a nonprofit of your choice and you give what you can um, before you spend all your money on Christmas gifts and the holidays. Go ahead and give on this Tuesday, and apparently they, they, it's been become a very you know, popular phenomenon where people you know give what they can. So it might be a good idea. Do some giving today, Ty. Okay, I don't well, really have very much to give, but. I can try. Well, that's all right. But uh, if you don't, you don't. But if you do, uh, do that today. And uh, before you, you, you overspend and do all the things you'll do for the holidays, which are officially here now uh, on this this, this uh, uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, so be, uh, I was looking at the Big 12 statistics. What the facts? How about this, Rod? In Big 12 conference play, the Texas Longhorns are allowing 81 yards a game rushing in their nine Big 12 games. 81 yards a game. They've allowed just six rushing touchdowns all year. Ollie Gordon, the running back at Oklahoma State, had five last week against BYU. So you've got this uh, this running back who could be running his way to the Doak Walker Award facing this defense who stones just about everybody. 2.9 yards a carry in Big 12 play. Obviously uh, pretty darn impressive. Uh, you know, right there for the Texas Longhorns. But, you know, the offensive side of the ball, you know, Oak State's, you know, they average 183 yards, almost 188 yards rushing per game. That's going to be where this game is decided. So if you're a Longhorn fan, you've got to feel pretty good about that. I, much like we saw last week with uh, with Baron Morton at Texas Tech, if you can put this game in Alan Bowman's hands, which Texas has been able to do, you feel pretty good about that. I know the past defense at times this year for Texas has been their 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 Achilles heel, been their 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 they've been leaky there. But man, if you can, I don't say shut down Ali Gordon, just do a nice job on him if you have all year. Don't let him go crazy. Make Allen Bowman, you know, convert second and third and longs. I think you're in a real good spot if you're the Longhorns. I do too. I'm I'm, I'm not too worried about this game, but Texas has disappointed me for most of my life, so. Maybe we have to prove it one more time because I agree with you. I mean, I've covered this team since you, you were born, and there have been a lot of disappointing losses of late, of course, and uh, they're back, but then they lose a game. This team does feel like it's built with the right DNA, the right championship character um, to find a way. Even if it's closer than the, the point spread, who cares? You know, you're finding a way to win this game. And we'll from Steve Sarkeesian talking about it uh, coming up on this Giving Tuesday. We'll also talk to Jerry Hamilton, get some bullish or BS next hour, and reset your top headlines, including the SEC. Longhorns now know what dates they'll play some of their biggest 2024 Southeastern Conference matchups, including the re-engagement with the Aggies. Aggies have a new head coach. We now know when the Texas Longhorns will play the Aggies for the first time in a dozen years. I'll get you that on the other side of a quick timeout here at the top of the hour. One hour down, four more to go on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.